KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. Tourism has taken a giant hit in the United States as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic for obvious reasons. So many people just staying home, people aren't comfortable traveling, and that means tough times for airlines. We wanted to find out just how bad things are, how bad they could get in the near future, and talk big picture. So to do this, we reached out to Dr. Benjamin Altshuler. He is an assistant professor of travel and tourism at Temple University, and we talk with him about all things airlines. Give a listen. So let's get some context here. Take us back early in the year, late last year, prior to COVID. How healthy was the airline industry overall? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a great point. And prior to COVID, the airline industry was probably at its healthiest that it's been in years. I was reading uh, some stuff from Airline of Amer- uh, Airlines for, uh, of America, and that the past three, four, five years of airline travel could actually be considered really this golden era of travel. And if you think about some of the numbers um, out there from the past year, uh, for example, as far as um, passenger flights go, TSA was monitoring about 44,000 flights per day. That equals about 16 million flights uh, per year. On average, TSA was screening uh, about 2.5 million people uh, per day on average. So, I mean, that's a huge number. And then if we look right before COVID, you know, January 2020, February 2020, the expectation was that the industry um, was going to grow. You know, the number of passengers, the, the economics was going to grow between 5 to 6%, you know, each month. And then, obviously, COVID hits. And we see this this huge drop, which we can talk about. But um, the industry went from being at its healthiest to really it's in a bit of peril right now. So, um, you know, things have changed considerably over the past six or seven months. Yeah, to go with what they're facing now, how challenging is this situation? And you talked to some numbers there. How much have they fallen off the table here over the last few months? Well, I think it's, you know, obviously there's some big, uh, since this, since COVID hit, there's been, there was a, a severe drop off and things are looking a little bit better, but let's talk in April, you know, this is a month after we kind of had that full shutdown in March. In April, um, if I recall, I was looking at middle of April, TSA said that they were um, uh, checking in about 44,000 people per day on average. So you're talking about two and a half million last year to a drop of 44,000 in the middle of April. I mean, that's, I don't know, 70, 80% drop off. I mean, that's pretty significant. Now, I think there are the, the forecasts of what we're seeing currently, 1.8 million people left on average uh, last August compared to this August. So obviously, the number of people going through TSA is down. If we were talking 44,000 flights on average per day last year in August, it's now down to about 5,600 flights per day. So again, we're seeing huge drop-off. Um, the other big thing to think about with airlines is that airlines need to be about 70% full to break even as far as passengers go. We've all seen that many of the airlines are taking very uh, are taking safety precautions to kind of you know create as much social distancing as possible on planes. So when you when you only have two people, you know, in a sense, when you keep that middle seat open. It's, it's almost impossible to hit that 70% threshold to break even. So even if you can increase the number of flights, I mean, I don't think we're going to get to 44,000 anytime soon, but even if you can increase the number of flights, you still can't get even close to capacity. I, I, I recall reading somewhere that at the depths of this thing, um, COVID, you know, March and April, you know, flights were having 15 people a day 
Now you're up to maybe 40 or 50 people a day, but most of these planes can carry 200 people a day. So we're far off from being, or the airline industry is very far off from being healthy, but we're seeing slight improvements. But I mean, really, when you think about where we were last year with the airline industry compared to today, it's, um, it's, it's not good. Is there any similarity to what they're going through now to what they went through after 9-11? I think, you know, when you think about what happened after 9-11, I, you know, again, what was interesting after 9-11 is that 9-11 happened and there was a complete shutdown of air travel. I mean, there was this real fear of terrorism, which was, which was real, you know. But at the same time, the, what happened on 9-11 was, very, was an isolated incident, a one-time incident. So the airline industry was able to climb out of what was going on relatively quickly. Right now, we are, you know, this pandemic, it doesn't just go away. It's not an isolated incident. So the other problem is this. I think there's a, an optics problem as, as well um, when we talk about the pandemic. We know that COVID spreads very easily in closed indoor spaces. And when I look at an airline, just like many of us, airlines are crowded. They're enclosed. People are on top of you. People walking by. I think there's always been kind of... Um, uh, a feeling that how, how clean are these airlines? So I think what we saw with, with 9-11 was something that we could go out and really actively manage. We put in more security, be a lot more careful about who's getting on a plane, how we're, how we're um, monitoring them. On the other hand, when you talk about COVID, I mean, this thing is, you can't see it. And it's a much different, it spreads easily, and it's just much harder to contain. So I I personally don't think that there are similarities because they're really talking about two very different sorts of events. Um, 9-11, um, obviously the repercussions when, you know, we still feel kind of the repercussions as far as security, but it was this isolated event. COVID is everywhere and we can't see it. We don't know much about it. It's still even seven months, six, seven months on. It's a really a very new thing for us. So I don't like to really connect the two or find similarities between the two. Uh, I've heard October 1st pointed to as a, a big date for the airlines because I think uh, one of them announced they were expecting to make big-time layoffs that day. Uh, what are you expecting in that realm? I mean, the numbers you're talking about, it just the, the math doesn't add up. Something's going to have to give, and unfortunately, one of the first things is labor. Yes. So let's talk about the CARES Act. So when COVID hit uh, you know, Congress, our government passed the CARES Act, to provide funding to a whole variety of different industries, not just the airline industries. But one of the things that came with the CARES Act is that if you're willing to accept money from this, and the airline industry accepted around $25 billion, so a huge, a huge chunk of money, was that you could not furlough or lay off um, uh, employees. As you just mentioned, October 1st, those stipulations run out. Now, the airlines are asking, can we extend this? Can we get... Um, some more funding to push us through March. I think it was, I saw some places like March 2021. But the fact is, like you said, the economics don't add up. So if you do not have, if you're, um, if numbers are way down, flights are down, there's going to be huge layoffs. And from what I've seen, I think the big one, and let me just make sure I have my numbers correct, American Airlines is expecting to either furlough or lay off roughly 19,000 people. I mean, that's a huge chunk of, you know, it's a lot of people. Delta, I've seen they are reporting that they may be furloughing or laying off around 2,000 pilots. And then United Airlines is talking about um, between a variety of different employees, about 36,000 people furloughed or laid off. So like you said, the economics don't add up. So, um, you know, people are either going to have to be furloughed or laid off. 
We've also seen a lot of the airlines are asking for some voluntary furloughing or voluntary, uh, voluntary layoffs. So if you're older, can we ask you to step down because you have you know, less time on the job left? So they're trying to get uh, you know, buy-in from the employees. But you know, this, is, this is a lot of people. And um, you know, right now, if we look at what's going on in the government, there seems to be a stalemate with getting any sorts of um, uh, you know, money for you know, the airline industry. So I think you know, the next month is going to be pretty scary. Going forward, what do you expect? Could we see airlines go under? Could we see mergers? Uh, could we see some markets really, you know, dried up as far as it's just not worth uh, taking flights out there, all of the above? Well, I think there's a couple things that I foresee. Um, for one thing, we're going to see a reduction of flights. We're already seeing that. So all these, you know, as we talked about, there were 44,000 flights last year per day, or, you know, somewhere between 5,600, 6,000 flights a day right now. So right now, all of these airlines are saying to themselves, where do people want to go? Where are the markets that people want to go to? And a lot of what we're seeing is because of you know, the impacts of COVID is that people want to go to places where there's less people. So I think we're already going to see those reductions. And I think it's, it's bound to happen that if you have less, you know, less employees, less people able to work, routes are going to get cut and access is really going to drop. I think it's hard to say what's going to happen with mergers or, or things like that. Um, you know, that we keep hearing these rumors. Is there a vaccine around the corner? What does that mean? Um, I think a lot of what we're seeing is psychological. So I think maybe if there's a feeling that there's a vaccine or something's about to come out, maybe we see an increase. I mean, I think one of the positive things to look at is we were at 44,000 people on average in April. We're getting close to a million now. So that's about 50%, you know, a little more than 50% off. So people are getting comfortable with the, with flying again but not comfortable enough. But, you know, it's hard to really say what we're going to see right now. Um, I think a lot of these major players are trying to stay in the game, figure out ways to cut costs um, and to make things more economical. But, um, you know, if, if people can't go, if we can't get over kind of the psychological barriers of traveling on planes, especially, you know, I think anything's fair game. We're talking on zoom right now. And I think a lot of people have discovered the, technology like this so as we look big picture uh business travel could this be something that is forever lessened because all of a sudden maybe that quick flight from philadelphia to new york for a meeting becomes a zoom meeting and it just kind of makes more sense for everyone i mean i think your leisure travel obviously you got to that will come back to a point where people Mm -hmm. are but could we see a lot of places going, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it was nice to go to the to the bar together and hang out, but that weekend sure. conference now, maybe let's do it a couple Zoom things. Everybody saves money. You know, I, I think it's actually it's a great question because I think at the beginning of this pandemic, I think that's what I would have told you that, you know, I think business travel is really you know, because business travel was kind of the hottest area of the travel one of the hottest areas of the travel market prior to COVID. And obviously, the drop-off is, is significant. I was actually just talking to one of my master's students the other day who does a lot with business travel. And he was giving me some of the numbers from his company. And um, it was pretty incredible to hear what the drop-off had been. I don't know. I'm a tooth. I'm a, it's hard to say. You know, I've been reading some stuff about do we need offices anymore. I think this is kind of related to the idea of business travel. And initially, a lot of companies were saying, oh, we don't need offices. Zoom, it's a great way to do it. You know, look at how good our productivity is. 
But we're finding that there is something to being in person. Collaboration is stronger. Productivity is stronger. I've participated in a couple of virtual conferences that, I, you know, in the past I would have traveled, you know, in person to those places. And they're well done. And there's no doubt that they're well done. But you miss that ability to network. There's something about being in the presence of people that I, I love Zoom. Zoom is great. Um, but I miss a little bit of that human contact. So I think I, I personally believe as people get more comfortable, if we can get this thing under control, I do think that business travel comes back. I mean, just remember, business travel is not just about getting on the plane and to the airlines, but you know, hotels, convention centers all rely on what business travel brings. So I think there's going to be a push to get this back. Again, it just really comes down to this psychological feeling of being in close quarters with people. Is there a, a not a cure, but a vaccine or a treatment? So again, it's, it's hard to predict, but I think people want that. It's just, I think a health, you know, I think people are really considering their health right now. Another thing I think about, too, when we think about airlines and business travel is assurances. I mean, prior to COVID, who would have ever thought that we could have something this widespread that could impact us like this? And you've got very little assurance. You know, if I miss my flight, what do I get? You can always get anything back. I think now there's going to be an expectation, and we've seen this. You know, United, Delta, and I think American Airlines just reported in the last few days, no more change fees. That $200 change fee is now gone because people want that flexibility. So, I personally believe things are going to start to come back, but I don't think we should be expecting a quick turnaround. To your point about the change fees, uh, you hear people talk about how, you know, 40, 50 years ago, flying was really an experience. It was a much more of a, mm -hmm. uh, of a thing where it was uh, made to be more enjoyable. And yeah. now it's really, hey, you're getting from here to there and you're getting there quicker than you ever could. Mm -hmm. and that should be enough for you. I'm not saying we're going to return to the ways of the 50s and 60s, but to your point about dropping the change fees. To entice people, could we see some things uh, where airlines try to make it a little more luxurious for the average flyer, try to welcome you back? You know, maybe that three-hour flight didn't used to have a meal. Maybe now there is a meal and there's a couple choices. I mean, it sounds silly in the grand scheme of things, but I would imagine you're going to be playing every card in the deck to try to try to save this. You know, I, I, you know it's a challenging thing, Matt, because... Again, when we look at the economics, you know, a lot of the cutback on, um, you know, some of these uh, experiential amenities, like you said, the free food and things like that. I mean, I remember that when I was a little kid. Um, that costs money. And I think, again, we're talking about these it's an industry that's really cash strapped right or cash strapped right now. And so I think it's going to be challenging. But you're right. At the same time, we've got to entice or the, the industry has to entice people back. So how do we do that? Um, We've already seen them drop the fares incredibly low. I mean, you can fly anywhere relatively cheap. The crazy thing is that's not, you know, obviously the numbers are going up, but it hasn't enticed that many people back. I, I personally think what a lot of people are going to be looking for now, and I, you know, and until we really have a handle on the pandemic, is safety and health. And I know I flew the other day from Utah back to uh, Philadelphia. And my big thing was, you know, what, what sort of safety protocols are in play here? So, you know, everyone needs to be wearing a mask. That is key to me. How much are they cleaning the plane? I wanted to know that. How is the air being filtered through the airplane? And, you know, if you read now, you know, they're all putting, you know, what we see a lot of airlines putting out there to entice people is that 
you know, the airflow is, you know, we we change the air up two to every two to five minutes. We have these HEPA filters that catch 99.9% of the particles. Right now, I think for a lot of, or at least for me, and I would imagine for a lot of people, is that we want to know we're just not going to get sick. Now, you know, I think as we as we get a handle on this, I do think that airlines are going to have to put a little bit more out there, increase the level of experience. I don't know what that's going to look like, you know, whether it's free internet, you know, better sorts of entertainment, the free food. I think you're going to have to do that to regain people's trust. Um, and again, it's not the airline's fault, but you know, just the optics of airline travel. It's crowded, it's people talking, you know, there's just so much going on that I think we are going to, or not we, the airline industry is going to have to figure out ways to entice people back. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.